Welcome to episode four of Disrupting Education. I'm Megan Nix, a fifth and sixth grade teacher in Michigan, and today I'd like to talk to you about critique and feedback in the PBL process. As you've probably heard me talk about in past episodes, I am incredibly lucky to work at a school that is embracing uh, reform in the education world right now. And we've been on the project-based learning journey for about five years now. Like many schools who are moving in this direction across the country, we started fairly small with uh, science and social studies and, and have progressively gotten better each year. And one of the things that we've really begun to discover in the last year or so is the importance of critique and feedback as part of this process for our students. I was reminded about how far we've come in this journey through a conversation with a colleague recently. One of our newer teachers who has jumped with both feet into the deep end in this PBL process was asking a question recently about the student end product and and how I was getting my students headed down the right path towards what we were hoping to see at the end of our current project. And as we were talking, she made the statement, I just want this to go well. I don't want to get to presentations and have them not be ready. I'm sure we can all relate with this feeling, that that stress that comes right in the middle of a PBL project in wondering, are they really grasping this? Is this really going to come together? Um, does their their vision of, of how to put this together really get them to a successful end game? I think we can also all relate to this stress as we think about our own project-based learning journeys or just projects in the classroom in general. And when you get to that end product and you're looking at it and you're looking back at the student and wondering, how did this happen? I know I saw you working. We spent this many hours working on this project. How is this what you ended up with in the end? And that kind of like gut-clenching feeling of like, oh, how did I not catch this before we got to here's presentation day and that one student who has surprised you with something completely off the wall or completely unfinished or I think you get what I'm saying here. So when she made that statement, I could totally relate with her. But right away, I knew exactly what the answer needed to be. And it was, it's through your critique and feedback sessions that you know what your students are working towards and you know if they're headed in in a positive direction. So backtracking just a little bit, the question that comes up with the project-based learning process, I think a lot in teachers' minds is, how do we guide student learning ensure that they're understanding all of the content and standards we need them to be understanding, give them an authentic audience and a reason to use their knowledge, and still leave opportunity for choice. Wow, that's a lot. It's a lot going on and that's a lot on a teacher's plate and can be very stressful to think about letting go of the reins and hoping that I'm doing it well enough that all of those things are happening for my students. But in reality, this is true quality project-based learning. It is guiding the student learning and then ensuring they've understood the content and giving them a reason to use it and then trusting them to bring in their own passions and their own interests and their own ideas because that's where the engagement comes from and that's where the true learning is going to happen and students being able to transfer the skills and the content that you've taught to them. 
in a good project-based learning setting, all of those things are happening. And it's not because the students have been given complete freedom. It's because there's a teacher in the background who has planned this experience for her students and is guiding it and tweaking it and changing it as needed to ensure that the learning continues to happen and the students continue to feel like they are in control of their own learning. Can I say scary? (laughs) If I think about project-based learning and working through this journey, sometimes it is scary. It is scary to, to give up control. It is scary to not have a scripted curriculum telling me what to do next. But I have seen, and I'm I'm sure anybody who has been experiencing project-based learning in the last several years will agree that the outcome is totally worth all of the fear that we feel throughout the process. So going back to that conversation I had with my colleague and that my answer to her right away being, you intentionally use critique and feedback days. You put them in there to help the students. So that's what I want to talk to you about in this episode is one way to help alleviate some of that fear and stress for you as the teacher is to make sure that you're not waiting until it's too late to look at student work and to give them feedback on it. So how do we do that? How do we make sure that critique and feedback is part of our process and is happening at a time when the students need it? One of the most important factors in whether or not your feedback is effective is that it meets the learner right where they need it. Okay, That requires a little bit of pre-planning and foresight on the teacher's part and then a whole lot of flexibility. Okay, So I'd like to talk to you about some steps in how we make sure that critique and feedback are happening for our students to ensure that their learning is continuing on a positive path and we're not getting to that point in the end where we're checking in and finding out it's too late. The first step in doing that is to make sure as you're planning out a project-based learning unit, you are planning it in its entirety. You are not, it's not enough to set learning intentions and come up with a driving question and have a scenario and a vision of what the end piece is going to look like. There are a lot of steps that need to happen there in the middle that are incredibly important for you as the teacher to plan out. So step one is to plan your unit entirely. Once you've got those learning intentions set, once you've got that driving question written, think about what are the skills that your students need to learn from this unit? What activities will they complete to to show that learning and engage in that learning, and then really planning out your calendar for your unit and going day by day and and deciding what is going to happen on each day. This is important for you to see the progression of learning, to know that when your students are going to move past surface level learning and into deeper learning and, and transferring their skills, it's also important for you to be able to see and analyze When are the transitions in this project going to happen for your students? And knowing when should you be scheduling critique sessions? When should you as the teacher be giving them feedback? The more time that you put in to the unit planning process to make sure that you have this clear day-by-day picture of the unit in its entirety, the easier it's going to be for you to make sure that critique and feedback are happening continuously throughout the project and are happening when the students need it most, and it's not too late. So step one is to have a plan, a clear 
set day-by-day plan that, of course, we all know into the teacher world is never going to happen exactly as you lay it out. But once you've started your unit with your day-by-day laid out, it becomes much easier to tweak and adjust things as needed as you're responding to student need, scheduling interruptions, and all of those pieces. The second step then is to look at that plan and intentionally schedule your critique sessions as well as teacher feedback. When I plan a unit with my team and we look at, we generally are looking at a six to eight week period depending on our project. And and we look at that and we put into the calendar days when peer critique are going to happen for each piece of the project. And we also put notes in there in our teacher version of the calendar for ourselves knowing I'm planning on giving feedback on this piece at this point. That has become so powerful for me as now I know when a heavy feedback session is going to need to happen for me, which allows me to plan my life and my teacher schedule accordingly. So I know that this this one evening or this one weekend, I need to commit some time to giving my students feedback on their project. Once I have that on the schedule, it makes it so much more possible and a lot less stressful for me because I know when it's coming and it doesn't just sneak up on you or I don't have that moment where I realize like, oh, they're all ready for feedback and I've got my son's soccer game happening and report cards due and whatever else it may be in your life that's always there. Put that feedback on your calendar so you know or have an idea of when you're going to need to commit the time to it. The same is important for those peer critique sessions and knowing when is when are students going to be starting with kind of the independent piece of the project and the transfer skills and thinking about when are some transition times going to happen as they move from rough draft to second draft to final draft, being sure critique is part of that process for them. So they're getting it before they get so invested into the work they're doing that they're not willing to hear the feedback because they're owning it so much the change isn't happening. But scheduling that is is a lot easier when you have the whole unit laid out and it becomes more obvious when those transitions are going to happen. The third step is to communicate with the students when those quote-unquote deadlines are scheduled in there. Um, Nobody likes to share their work with with peers or with other people without a heads up. Um, I want you to think about any staff meeting that you have been to where you've walked in and they've said, oh, today we're going to write this down on a sticky note and then share it with the five people around you into any of those activities, whether they're academic based or just team building based. But any of those activities, you can look around the room and see there are tons of teachers in the room who who are, are tightening up with anxiety about that because that makes people uncomfortable, that idea of showing my work or showing my thinking to somebody else and not being prepared for it. The same is true for your students. If you've taken the time to intentionally plan your unit and schedule it out day by day, there's no reason to not share that calendar with your students. And that's going to do two things for you. One, it's going to give you some deadlines to be able to hold them to so that you're not getting down to those last two weeks of your project-based learning unit and you've got exhibition coming and you're just 
having to give every minute of every day to that project in order to get it finished because they just haven't gotten anything done. Critique days make nice little deadline check-in points to ensure students are continuing to progress through the steps of the project and to be successfully finished with it at the end. It also lets students know that critique and feedback are going to be part of this process for them. Your classroom culture of learning needs to communicate to the students that we're all learning. This is a process for all of us. Nothing's going to come out perfect the right time. The first time, nothing's going to come out perfect the first time. And learning happens from our failures. The best way to share that message with your students is to make critique sessions and conversations about their learning and their progress a regular part of your classroom schedule. Project-based learning, that section of your day is the perfect time to start doing this. So once you've got that calendar set, you need to post it on your project wall, you need to share it with your students, and you need to refer back to it often. For example, uh, the project that my students are in the middle of this week, on Monday, we started our work session by looking ahead at our calendar and and discussing what is on our to-do list this week, what do we need to get done, and we do have a critique session scheduled for the for this Friday. So being able to say on Monday, let's take a look at our calendar. These are the pieces we're working on this week. And Friday, we're scheduled to share our progress and to share what we have done so far with your classmates to get some feedback to help you as you move forward, sets an intention for the week. And there's no surprise for the students. If you are planning to critique on Friday and telling your students on Thursday, hey, we have a critique tomorrow, we're setting them up for failure. They're not going to feel prepared for a critique, and therefore they're also not going to feel prepared to give any feedback to their classmates because they're still going to be concerned with whether or not their work is ready for critique. You've got to give them a heads up so that they're prepared for both of their roles in a critique session. The fourth step is to choose a critique structure that fits everybody involved. This was another piece of that conversation I had with my colleague recently. Each of our classrooms are very different. The makeup of students are different. Our own teaching styles are different. And their learning process is going to be different. So critique sessions are not going to look the same every time. And they're also not necessarily going to look the same in every classroom. But you do need to give consideration to the needs of your students and the needs of the project and the needs of you as the teacher prior to a critique session and have a plan for a structure. I encourage you in the beginning of the year to try several different critique structures in the first few weeks and months of school and then pick the ones that you see work best for your group and continue to have kind of this little pool of them that you pull from from regularly because there is strength and consistency, right? We all work with students and know that the more consistent our routine can be for them, the better they're going to perform. They know what to expect. They're comfortable and they're more comfortable to come out of their shell. So changing up the critique routine and structure they're going to use for the project or the assignment that you're critiquing is important, but also going back to the same kind of styles over and over is helpful for your students as well. Then you get to be this time of the school year where it's April and May and critique has become such a common part of your classroom that I almost don't have to run it anymore. I can say today it's critique day. We're using this format and the kids just jump in and they're comfortable with it because we've been doing them. So 
Um, but some ideas for you, and maybe this is definitely an idea for a future podcast episode, but think about, do you want students to be one-on-one? Do you want the, would it be best for students for the critique to be anonymous and you do something like a gallery walk? Will your students benefit from doing critique in a small group so that they can hear three or four ideas and, and everybody gets a turn there? Is it a performance critique? Do you need to schedule time so that students can can give a speech or put on their performance or teach a lesson to a group? And how are you going to structure that? Do you have time for each group to be able to do that in front of the whole class? Or do you need to partner some groups up with each other? That peer critique idea, thinking about how what's the structure that's going to allow your students to be most successful and to get the best feedback from their classmates. The other thing to think about as well is your teacher feedback structure. When you've got a a day scheduled where you need to check in and see where they're doing, is that something where you, you don't have to have them do it in front of the whole group, but you can talk to one student at a time or one small group at a time, depending on the project, and see how they're doing. So thinking about the structure that's going to best fit your students, best fit your project, and best fit your style as a teacher as well. Just being sure that you do it ahead of time so you have a plan and know how you're going to manage that. That's how it's going to be most successful for your students. The fifth step that I recommend is to do it often. I mentioned this already, but in order for critique and feedback to be most successful in your classroom, they have to be a part of your classroom culture. From day one, throughout the entire school year, critique sessions and the expectation that your students are going to talk to each other about their learning and support each other in their learning is so important to do regularly so the students become more comfortable with it. And they realize that it is it is just an expectation and it's something that that we all do and that learning is a process for everybody. And it's not a matter of I complete something and check it off the checklist and it was good enough the first time through. That's the mindset that we're trying to break by focusing on critique and feedback. And I think it's the mindset that we're trying to break if we're in a school that's embracing project-based learning too. So the three in my mind definitely go hand in hand. But if you're diving into project-based learning, or even if you're not, and you're still teaching a little bit more traditional and structured setting, we all know the feeling of students working on a project and giving them time to be independent and have choice, and then getting to the end and the deadline and having the couple of kids who just didn't get it or didn't finish anything or met none of the requirements And that gut-clenching moment for us as the teacher and asking ourselves, how did I miss that? I know that we all know that feeling. And so I encourage you to dig into the ideas of using critique and feedback and being intentional with scheduling those regularly throughout the learning process so there are no surprises at the end for you or for your students. Learning intentions are clear. It is an expectation and part of your classroom culture that learning is a process and something we check in on regularly and are constantly relying on each other to improve. And knowing that you as the teacher, when it comes to critique and feedback, you can't wing it. You've got to have that project-based learning unit planned out, have those days set up, and know when critique and feedback is going to meet your learners where they need it. Be intentional about that. Don't decide on Monday that your kids need a critique on Tuesday. 
they and you deserve more prep time than that. So critique and feedback in the PBL process. Thanks for listening. This has been Disrupting Education. Thank you.